Hi everyone, this is the knowledge video for gastrointestinal bleeding. I'm Michael, I'm one of the gastroenterology registrars and this is Kriti, one of our other registrars and we're going to go through all the kind of important details and points about upper GI bleeding. So Kriti, if you want to get started. Sure, thank you Michael. So I think the first topic, as Michael mentioned, we're going to cover on acute GI bleeding. So I'm just going to talk through the history, examination, investigation, management, and Michael will chip in and add in as well. So obviously, we're going to start off with history of the acute GI bleeding first. I think the aim of the history is to confirm the presence of the upper GI bleed and to provide initial assessment to these patients. And obviously, first thing when you're approaching these patients, you're going to do a quick A to A assessment and recognizing that this is a medical emergency. In terms of the clinical history points, you're going to be inquiring about the symptoms suggesting upper GI bleed, such as hematemesis and melina, to confirm that this is indeed an upper GI bleed. Also confirming, has there been a DRE performed by the ED clinicians or the referring clinicians, or with any visual inspection of photos of the melina or hematemesis? Uh, next, you're going to confirm the duration of symptoms. Is this something that's been going on for hours or days, or is this is something which has been chronic and going on for weeks to months? Uh, I think the next key thing is to look for any history of cirrhosis or risk factors suggesting possible cirrhosis in these patients. So things you're going to be looking for is inquiring about the alcohol intake in these patients, any intravenous drug usage, or any risk factors for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, such as obesity, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia. Next, you're going to ask about recent drug use that could have exacerbated a GI bleed, such as the NSAIDs or any high-dose prednisolone, especially if they were prescribed with no any PPI covers. In terms of drug history, you're going to be looking at if the patient is on any antiplatelets or anticoagulants, and if they are on them, you need to find out when it was last taken, because that will be important in terms of reversal uh, for the anticoagulants. I think lastly, for the history taking, which is also an important point, is to assess patients' comorbidities and physiological function, because often the elderly, frail patient may not be fit enough for endoscopy, and conservative management is likely to be the best approach for this group of patients. So it's key to sort of assess their physiological function and also to find out if endo endotherapy is to fail, would they be fit enough for a surgical or interventional radiology? I think that sort of would be the brief sort of salient points that you should be covering in your history taking. I'll, I'll leave to Michael if there's any, anything else to add to the history points. Yeah, I think I think that's very, very thorough, Kriti. I don't think there's, you need to really get much more else from the history when you're talking it through in real life or in scenarios for interviews, for example. I think when you're, the thing to remember about this is that the goalposts have changed slightly in the last couple of years. So you are answering this as a, as what would be an ST4 or a registrar. You're you know you're expected to have that level because you've done your IMT three year now, and so you in particular you do need to think about answering the questions and approaching the scenario from that point of view. And the key things from that, you know, most people can do an A to E assessment. I wouldn't spend ages talking about that, but the key points you've talked about, so things like risk factors. Uh, you know, trying to differentiate if it's a variceal or non-variceal bleed is very important. But then also thinking about the overall picture and approaching the, you know, the patient holistically, and that is very important. And the comorbidities at that point is extremely important because, you know, if this person's extremely frail and very unwell, then then 
you know, an OGD is actually probably not the, the right thing for them. So, you know, you need to start getting the information and that may well be the way that the scenario goes. You need to have that information available and make sure you, you've cleared that up already. But no, otherwise I think, yeah, quickly, very, 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 very thorough. Should we move on to the examination section now and what you want to think about when you're approaching that? Sure. As in terms of examination, Michael pointed, you need to do a quick A2 assessment. I don't want to go into detail, but I think the key thing is here is to look at the hemodynamics, particularly in terms of the blood pressure and heart rate, how decompensated they are in terms of the upper GI bleed. And I think the key thing for, for you as an S for, for me as an ST4 gastro to answer is that do you need to get ITU involved at an early stage? Uh so thinking about that early on is quite important. Also making sure a patient has got sufficient IV excess, too large bowl, cannula should be sufficient. And next, following on from the history taking, you're going to look for signs of cirrhosis. If the patient doesn't have a definite diagnosis of cirrhosis yet, but they do have significant risk factors, which could have led them to having cirrhosis. So this includes looking for stigmata of chronic liver disease, such as clubbing, pulmonary edema, liver flaps, jaundice, spider nevi, medusa, any splenomegaly suggesting portal hypertension, or even presence of ascites. You're also going to be assessing the patient GCS, looking for any signs of possible encephalopathy. And if there's any concern regarding low GCS, secondary to encephalopathy, or large ongoing large volume hematemesis, then you will need to get the anesthetic review for airway support from that perspective. You're also going to be assessing for any signs of alcohol withdrawal, make sure they are on appropriate management therapy for that. And lastly, you're going to focus on the abdominal examination. Key thing here is to rule out an acute abdomen or possible perforation on top of a routine abdominal examination. Yeah, and I, I agree. I, agree. I, don't, I think, again, that's very thorough. I don't think there's you know much else to add to that thing. I think the point about the abdominal examination is important because actually, you know, every now and again, you do get some other you know, surgical cause for presentation of melina or indeed hematemesis. You just need to bear that in mind and make sure that that is, uh, you know, as I said, in real life, absolutely. But when you're doing the scenarios in the interviews, then absolutely you need to think, keep that in the back of your mind and, and just show your awareness that you're thinking about those other things as well. It's unlikely in a gastroenterology application interview that that's going to be an issue but you should make sure that you've ruled it out and it just it also just shows that you have a you do have a bit of real world experience in these issues and it does show you know how much time you spend uh, seeing these patients and, and that will only give, put you in good stead for all of that so i think let's move on to the uh, investigation section now and talk about what you what you would want to order and what you would want to get done sure so in terms of investigations, obviously the first you're going to start off with some blood tests. So particularly you're going to look at the full blood count, looking at the hemoglobin. You can look at the baseline hemoglobin to see if there's any drop in hemoglobin. You're going to look at platelet counts to see any evidence of thrombocytopenia. This could be either be due to clumping from cirrhosis, or it could be a true thrombocytopenia, especially if you've underlying portal hypertension. Um, next key thing is to check the patient's coagulation screen uh, and also to assess any need for correction either in form of FFP or cryoprecipitate. So you're going to send off fibrinogen levels as well as on top of your PT and APTT. And moving on to renal and liver biochemistry, obviously patients with GI bleed often have an elevated urea, isolated elevated urea, but they could also have concomitant AKI, especially if you've got underlying sepsis, or they are on any other diuretics or spinal lectone. So you can also assess for any possible AKI, 
if they do have AKI, you know, make sure that they are safe in terms of the electrolytes, particularly the hyperkalemia and hyponatremia. And in terms of liver profile, they could have deranged LFT, especially patients with cirrhosis, uh, which could indicate a decompensated episode of their chronic liver disease. And you're also going to be doing two group and saves, uh, cross match if they're immune and they going for endoscopy. You would also want to check a VBG, particularly looking at the SA base status and lactate, uh, especially if they've got signs of acute abdomen. It's a key investigation tool. Uh, in terms of other routine investigations, uh, especially uh, in patients with cirrhosis, you need to get a baseline ECG just to rule out any underlying ischemic event. Uh, obviously, because if you're going to use telepressin, uh, then an ischemic coronary ischemic event would be a contraindication. Often, patients can have sort of a type 2 MI, especially more frail elderly patients with profound anemia or other cardiovascular risk factors. Moving on, in terms of Radiological investigations are going to request for an urgent ultrasound abdomen with a Doppler of the portal venous system to rule out any portal vein thrombosis, especially with patients with cirrhosis, as this could often lead to compensation. Uh, acidic tap, if they have any evidence of ascites, because you want to rule out SPP as a potential cause of their decompensation. And septic screen as part of your sepsis 6, blood cultures, urine cultures should be sent off. Chest x ray. An abdo x-ray, if you're acutely concerned about acute abdomen, to rule out any pneumoperitoneum or any colonic dilatation. I think that sums up the basic investigation, unless you have anything else to add, Michael? 